Welcome to Commercial Property Podcast. My name is Helen Tarrant. I'm an author, I am an educator, and I am a specialist commercial property bias agent. Now, in this podcast, I'm going to be sharing with you specialist strategies and terminologies and live case studies on how you too can achieve financial freedom through commercial property. Now, if you are looking to buy your first commercial property, want to find out more information to see if commercial property is right for you, or you want to expand your portfolio to two or three commercial properties or even more, then this is the podcast for you. I will be sharing with you live case studies, the journey of my clients and students, and also how we're putting deals together. So relax, listen in, and enjoy the process. I'm so excited to welcome you to this three-part coronavirus special on taking advantage of investing opportunities during the pandemic and the upheaval that is occurring. This is part one. These are certainly interesting times and there is an unparalleled opportunity right now to profit from commercial property when you know how to. There's considerable market interruption and uncertainty in real estate due to the coronavirus and most investors are at a standstill. They're waiting and Helen's advice is right now is the best opportunity to get ahead and look for the diamond in the rough. Fortunes are made in times like this, so listen in as Helen explains how to stay tuned in for these opportunities. Helen, welcome. Nice to be back, always. (laughs) Totally. We're certainly living in very unusual times amidst coronavirus at the moment, and there's a series of topics we kind of want to cover over the next few podcasts um, and addressing certain you know, hesitations and, and fears that uh, investors might be thinking about. So I'm very excited to be able to discuss that with you. And I think the best place to to start off with is uh, maybe with the COVID uncertainty. So just generally speaking, COVID has upset, you know, governments, economies, real estate and many more things, people's job security and income. So there's a lot of uncertainty at the moment. And I know that, um, you know, many potential investors or property investors are a little bit scared to jump into their first or their next investments. What sort of things are you hearing on the ground and what's your philosophy and approach in this current market? Well, uh, it's it's very interesting times. I think a lot of people are not sure what they're doing and they are actually at a standstill. So they are looking at it going okay, um, the market has gone, had an interruption. We're not sure what's going to happen in the next 6, 12 or 2 years. So maybe let's just stop. And I think we've come to this freeze frame with uh, a lot of people. So um, I think that's a time for people to actually get active. If you ever thought about investing, it doesn't have to be about commercial, but investing any kind of business, residential, commercial, or any kind of activity. I actually think while people are stagnant, this is a great opportunity for you to not be part of the crowd, a great opportunity for you to get ahead and really look for that, I guess, diamond in the rough is what I call it, because Mm. there's lots and lots of opportunities because fortunes are made in times like this. Uh, I look back and I think everybody wished they bought an extra residential property between 2012 and 2014. Mm. Uh, Everybody wished they bought uh, an extra commercial back five years ago. Um, Everyone wished, you know, they they did an extra business deal, bought some shares before the boom. All of this stuff, we look back and go, if then, if then. Well, this is then repeating itself. We are 
once in a lifetime opportunity, uh, once in a century. These things have come unexpected. But if we halt and we join the rest of the crowd, then what happens is in 12 months time when things recover or two years time when things, you know, start to really pick up, then you've missed it. You know, it's, it's literally you blink and you miss it. So um, in terms of investing, I always say do your due diligence. Um, do your due diligence. Make sure that the due diligence is done correctly and you are you're following the right path. So I always suggest if you're doing property, you know, you you look at, you know, you do your research online, but you talk to the agents, um, you formulate your own ideas of how the area is going, what what that property trajectory is, the best of your guessment where that's going to be the next two, three, five years. I do also know that right now, if you are investing in anything, you have to have the power to hold it through. And mm. it will be holding something through regardless of residential, commercial, or even a business for three years. Uh, and you've got to have that on your horizon. You're going to hold it through for three years because in that three years, uh, you're going to we're going to experiencing um, we're going to be experiencing some volatility in the market as we are now. Uh, we're going to experience uh, some a little bit of downturn, and then we're going to experience stability and confidence being built back. And then we're going to have a huge uprise as people build the confidence. They go right, it's time to buy, and then everybody jumps in. The reason I say that is when I look, the same scenarios happen before an election. For about a month before the election, even though people know it's either going to be a Labour government or a Liberal government, <laughs> everything comes to a standstill. There's no leasing. Um, people are like, oh, should we buy now? Should we buy and wait a month? Because we don't know if there's a new policy coming in. Um, maybe we should just hold out. Should we sell? Maybe we should just hold out because there's you know, going to be better tax benefits on the other side. Right? We know one of the parties is going to get in. We know what the policy might be. And they're very similar policies. But they come the it's almost the economy slows down and comes to a standstill. People stop making these business decisions. And we are experiencing the same just on a 10-time larger scale. So, um, but what happens is what we've realised is right after the election happens, almost like a week or two weeks after, instantly people are doing deals. <laughs> they're they're signing the lease, they're selling the property on a huge surge. And we are seeing that same effect now play out, but it's just a long time period. Rather, um, you know, we're now having a three-month period potentially dragging on to six months, and th which means that the market, when it comes back, will take another six or 12 months before that before that confidence comes back. And once that confidence comes back, everyone goes, yep, then that's just going to, that it's going to shoot straight up. So this is really a time uh, for you to, you know, line your ducks up in a row, to do your research, to have really clear cut goals of what you want to achieve and execution. Nothing beats execution. But if you execute now, you're going to be way ahead of the curve, which I think it's the most important thing, especially in property. Because just a, few, a little bit ahead of the curve means that that compounds through in the next five, seven, ten years to come. Yes, indeed. And I think that's what is probably circling in people's minds at that, you know, sort of at this point in time. Um, and I think I, I completely agree. I think a lot of people are frozen. Either they're frozen because they're scared of, what's happening or what's sort of down the immediate track or they're doing that holding their breath waiting to see what happens like you mentioned during election time but I know I know because I've watched you behind the scenes you've been particularly active at the moment um, and you seem to be finding you know 
those rough gems in the making and, you know, finding, finding some very interesting once-in-a-lifetime opportunities in this current climate. So, it, you know, it is testament to or testimony to, to what is, you know, to, to your philosophy and your beliefs and what is actually happening there. I'm just wondering if we could um, sort of go back and dissect a little bit of the risk that um, or, or, you know, how they might mitigate some of that risk um, in terms of the due diligence you mentioned. Is there anything in particular during COVID right now that um, people could just have on their radar as a flag or a warning to stay away from in terms of commercial property? Um, I think at the moment what we're seeing is that um, there there's a lot of uncertainty in terms of bank lending. So bank lending has changed dramatically in the last uh, month or so. So there's properties that they used to lend to, now they no longer lend to. There's properties that they, um, certain type of tenants they won't lend to, uh, certain type of properties they're now demanding, so high deposits. So all of these things are happening. There's constant changes in the bank. Um, and I think it's now you can pick and choose your tenants. Mm. Um, and I think having a conditional contract and not rushing into it is really important uh, so that you can get a, a property, you can do your thorough due diligence. Uh, there is still a lot of great deals out there. I've seen some students um, do some great deals. Um, the, the most important thing is to, real, to work out what was the property, what would a property sell for before COVID and what it would be the price now. Great question. Yep. One of the other really great benefits now, even though finance is taking a bit longer, is that um, valuations, you're not going to buy anything inflated in this market. You can rest assured because valuers are being very, very conservative. They're taking way longer with their um, their valuations. So I would, um, I would be thinking, well, the bank is actually doing your job for you. You can do your due diligence, but when the valuer goes in and he does the valuation, you can be assured that it's going to be as conservative as that there is in the market right now because they don't want to have any risk left out there in case this uh, prolongs itself. Yeah, so right. That's, that's a, a really that's good an upside. point. Totally it's a really upside. good upside. It's a good upside. Yeah. And there is a lot of people So at the moment, I've never seen so many cash buyers and several agents I talked to have said, look, there's been so many cash buyers out there. Um, and it's because they just want to put their money somewhere rather than the bank, rather than um, going backwards. So they, they, they cash out of super because of, this, of the stock market. And even if you are a cash buyer, I would strongly suggest you do a valuation because it's, it is well worth spending your money. Um, so you know that you're buying the right level. And so, Helen, just to clarify, you said the banks are doing their valuations on behalf of approving the loans, but are you now suggesting go in and get an independent valuation done and just double-check that? No, I'm just saying if you are buying as a cash buyer and there's no bank involved... A I'm lot of sorry, completely s- cash. Yes, of course. Yeah, yes, go get that valuation. Yeah. They skip the valuation process because they, they don't need it. They do some preliminary research themselves. Um, the vendor often can produce the valuation for when they bought it, but just remember they bought it pre-COVID. Um, they bought it before the market has changed. So it's worthwhile to do your own valuation, even though you know you think oh, it might not be worth it. But you know, a couple of couple of hundred, a couple of thousand dollars is well worth it in the long run. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. It's a small investment to um, give you maybe greater bargaining power or negotiating power in that deal and and pricing. Uh, Valuable. (laughs) So in terms of what 
I mean, it, it can be pretty obvious to see what's stable and potentially booming right this minute in commercial because we all know that, you know, doctors are still allowed to operate, essential food services are still allowed to operate. Is there anything else that or is there a, sort of a, a more detailed discussion we could have about that? Um, look, I think uh, there are businesses that fly a lot under the radar that is actually doing quite well and we don't realise it. So, you know, we went to a bike shop recently to buy an electric bike and it's amazing how much, um, you know, how, how busy they were. They were just inundated with people. So those people don't think about that. No. Uh, there is um, fish and chip shops, you know, they are retail, but they are so busy. Um, one of my tenants is a fish and chip a tenant. They never, they've never, they didn't ask for um, a discount. One of the um, agents I speak, I speak to, and she said, "Oh, look, I tried to get in there, couldn't get in there. There were queues out the door." Um, <laughs> so people are eating out. Um, there is a pizza places. Often a really good pizza place is also busy as well because they they mainly takeaway. Those people who are mainly takeaway businesses. Yeah. This what's happened now has compounded on that. I, I agree. I have to. I'd have to say I'm observing the same thing just locally in our local shopping strip. Um, that anyone who is geared up for takeaway is doing outstanding work, and those who have been slow to adopt, you know, some some takeaway component, of course, you know, like sit-in cafes are a little bit slower. Um, so yeah, those under the radar, but under the radar, the, the electric bikes, that's definitely an, an interesting point. And I'm sure there's many more businesses like that, um, that, you know, listeners can have a think about and reflect on to say, okay, well, they weren't prohibited from closing under these circumstances. And there is still a need uh, for those ongoing products or, or services. There, there definitely is. And I think um, a lot of those hobby places are also really busy that people don't realise. Of course. Uh, so um, one of the classic ones is the property we have in Seymour. They do, they, they were originally a games supply. So people come in and they play games. So like your Dungeons and Dragons and, you know, Magic the Gathering, they come in together and they play. So that's what they traditionally did. Um, and of course, COVID would hit someone like that, you think fairly hard, but we didn't get an art, we didn't get asked for discount. Um, apparently they're doing really good business online. They sell lots of their games, board games online. Um, mm. They've transitioned a lot of their um, tenants, oh, sorry, not tenants, but their, their potential uh, uh, clients online to play online games. Of course, it's not the same as if you're meeting them together, but um, they are, and that's what's keeping them through all the way. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so Fasc you've got to think about that. It's something you would never think of. You go, oh, no. wow, that wouldn't work, but they essentially have worked. So there's lots of little businesses like that that are out there. Um, and so don't underestimate the people who are surviving through this really well and they're people who are uh, actually profiting from this. Yes, I, th I have been saying the same thing. And, um, you know, it, it's again, it's it, it, during this time. And if you wanted a more robust type of commercial property to sort of see you through other bumpier times ahead, um, then these are the sorts of businesses, you know, people can keep an eye out on their radar for. Um, I, I wanted to, I just wanted to backtrack. There was something we had mentioned in, um, so just for the, the podcast listeners, Helen has this wonderful community of her clients and students. So if you become a, 
a student of hers by by joining her course or program or a sourcing client or whatever. She has weekly, uh, sorry, fortnightly uh, webinars and we have guest speakers on all the time. And there was a topic that had um, come up about the, oh, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to pull it from my mind, Helen, but it was relating to the discussion from this from one of the solicitors regarding their, their take on office space and how that might be affected has obviously been affected during COVID with you know people being told to work from home but I just wanted to run by you the you know the thinking that well those businesses the larger businesses that have to have an office um, and have some sort of personnel within them I'm thinking they're still going to need that office, that same amount of office space, even if they rotate staff in and out halfway during the week because of the current um, social distancing restrictions. So I just wanted to know what your thoughts might be around that as well and, and how office space might, you know, might be impacted further down the track or, or may not be impacted from this longer term. Um, I think uh, people are rotating, uh, people trying to rotate um, staff um, in terms of getting out um, and they're, they're thinking um, they're thinking that, okay, well, some staff can work from home and we can have desk sharing in the future. And um, so therefore, you know, we can have, uh, we don't need an 800 square meter space, we, we could do with a 400 square meter space. So I think that what we're going to see is there's going to be a lot of people that are going through, will go through the subleasing route, where they're looking at um, getting another tenant to come in. And I think this is comes down to the versatility of your property. Mm -hmm. One of the things we always look at with uh, every client we refer them into a deal is how versatile is that property? Can it be split into two? Can it? What else can you do? That versatility is really important because I think the versatility is going to uh, make sure that if your tenant needs to shrink, you can add in another tenant and that actually helps. I think that's huge. Yeah, absolutely. So again, it's, it's the criteria you use to select the property um, that will give you some fail-safe mechanisms sort of, you know, during times like this and, and you know, sort of down the future when, when we don't know what, what happens down the track. Mm -hmm. mm. And I think that's that's the thing because if you are looking at a uh, uh, office space and it's often large office spaces, you've got to be prepared right now to go in and work with your tenant uh, because your tenants are in recovery and if you can work with a tenant to make their business survive and help them through that, and maybe that is getting another tenant, uh, then then they are going to be there for a long time. They don't want to leave. They just their business don't need it. And they're if they're suffering, let's say a thirty percent drop, um, why wouldn't they would either get a thirty percent discount from you but hold on to their space, or you give them you know one third less of the space and you rent it out to someone else. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then you've I got more security. That thinking. Uh, yes, obviously, with two tenants, there is more security. So I love the way you think. Absolutely. Yeah, really love that. So, again, just to sort of wind up, um, you're, you know, it's really good for, you know, you've mentioned a couple of the 
identification and due diligence processes or parts of processes that you use um, that are really good for investments right now when, you know, things are in in the dark, so to speak, but also, um, you know, at any time down the track. Um, we've also looked at how the bank valuations and getting a bank valuation if you're a cash customer is vital uh, at the moment and that, you know, Helen is seeing once-in-a-lifetime opportunities already and firmly believes that that is happening. Helen, did you want to just wind up on that? Um, yes, look, I think at the moment it is a time to be bold. I think at time we're not taking stupid risks. It's about taking calculated risks. So yeah. um, really calculated risks is what will reap you the benefits in the future. So really get educated, understand what you're looking for, get cl clear laser focus on what you're trying to achieve and implement. And there's never been a better time to invest in property than right now. I think between wow. now and the next six months, yeah, definitely. Now the next six months. And I'm assuming a lot of these great properties, you know, for astute investment investors who know what they're looking for, they're getting snapped up pretty quickly too. So, yeah, imagine it's get, get yourself organised and, and um, get out there. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Get yourself organised and get out there. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for jumping on. Really appreciate our conversation again today and I hope everyone's been able to gain those particular insights they needed to hear um, for taking their investment journey that one step further along, <clears throat> along the way. Helen, you did mention that this is the time to get educated. I so firmly believe that also to be the case. Um, and I know that through your education program or even your sourcing program, you can definitely um, help investors find one of these rough gems or rough diamonds in the making that will sort of set them up for the next few years or for their retirement. So um, we're just going to encourage everyone to click on the links in the um, podcast and in the in the show notes and um, everywhere you can to, to dive in a little bit further and find out um, how Helen might be able to help you sort of take that next step along your journey. Thanks again, Helen. See you next podcast. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye for now. You've been listening to Commercial Property Cashflow Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to this podcast so you do not miss any of my valuable tips and strategies. Now, if you're wanting more detailed education and training, I have a free webinar you can attend. Just click on the link in the show notes and it will take you there. And if you're ready to invest in commercial property with guided assistance and you want to talk to us, book into your free consultation. Find out more about it on helentarrant.com. I can't wait to share with you more of my tips and strategies in upcoming episodes. So really make sure you subscribe. This is Helen Tarrant signing off. See you on the next podcast.